Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. Okay, welcome to another Fireside Chat. Today, I'm excited to have Aaron Maniz, data scientist and host of, the, host of the Devils in the Details podcast. Aaron, how are you? Pretty good. Happy to be here. Hell yeah, dude. Right right before the holidays, right before football's back, you just squeeze in a quick, you know, Man United overview. Um, <laughs> well, this is pretty much all I do, so um, it's not really squeezing in so much as squeezing in the holidays to my Man United reviewing <laughs> yeah, schedule. True. Same, same here, basically. <laughs> um, so let's just start with sort of like maybe an overview, sort of a first part of the season review from your perspective, from like a, you know, a Man United fan perspective, like how are you feeling so far about, you know, Ten Hag and where the team's currently at? And just sort of give me, give me that. Sure. So as you implied, right, new manager, um, after quite a downfall, I think, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that was not really fixed under Ralph Rangnick. And so a lot of what Ten Hag has done this season has had to do with kind of um, restoring the calmness or, or sort of saving the ship, um, that he inherited. And as a result, there's been a number of signings. So, you know, five players straight into the first 11 from transfers, I would say. I mean, I think Lou Shaw's kind of won his place back over Malasia, but the other four are regular starters in the team when they're fit. Um, and as well as that, a couple of new faces, um, a, a young look for the team. Um, a bit of a falling out with maybe with, with Ronaldo that has played a big role in how the season has gone so far. Um, but overall, I think what we're seeing is signs of sort of at this point, uh, a, a conflict between, excuse me, for anyone who's listening to me, um, and listens to me regularly, you might notice that my voice is a little bit off. It's been, <laughs> it's been quite a week. Um, but a little bit of, um, a, sort of balancing act between what his current players are able to do um, and what idealistically he wants the squad to be able to do uh, in the Premier League. Um, Ten Hag is obviously a coach of highly uh, possession-based football. Uh, Many people are familiar with the term positional play. I think it's vague, but United play positional play um, or or are looking to in the long term now. Um, And Going from what Solskjaer and Jose Mourinho have had been coaching at the club for the last five years to this sort of new style, the big change. Um, and there's a lot of players and a lot of uh, te- technical aspects that are not quite there yet. And yeah. as a result, Ten Hag has had to leverage between sort of um, compromising in areas where United are not ready yet to get results in the short term. Um because there's no long term if you don't get results as as Manchester United coach and um and also build towards a longer term side because if you just go full short term you're never actually going to build to that goal that you're trying to build towards. Right. So those are kind of the main themes around United season so far and I actually think the second half of the season is going to look very different the first half as a result and including the you know World Cup that was yeah. put for a month in between. Yeah, I mean I mean that's a great way to sort of segue where more the fantasy focus would be for Manchester United. I mean, they have great fixtures. You know, they, they play at every top six side already. 
you know, and the, the teams that they haven't played are mostly very bad, mostly very winnable games, right? They, they haven't played against Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Leeds yet. So, you know, that's a pretty good list as far as, you know, who you haven't played yet. It's a good list of fixtures. And obviously, you know, in general, in football, teams do well against worse teams than they do against better teams. Exactly. Um, But I will one thing I will say is United's style is fundamentally quite well suited to playing the bigger teams. Um, Mm. We saw this under Solskjaer as well. Um, You know, they've gotten results at every big six team this year, except for Man City. Um, They, I'm pretty sure, scored in all of those games. Um, and they scored three in the city game and against some of the smaller teams, United have actually struggled to break them down a little bit. Um, especially with some of maybe a couple of misfiring forwards, some forwards who are more suited to playing in a perhaps counterattacking or transitional game than, uh, maybe, you know, teams like city that can just break anyone down at will. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to have favorable fixtures, but I wouldn't necessarily bank on United's forwards uh, in particular performing better in these fixtures than they would in some right, of those other that, games. Yeah, I mean, that's super interesting because I was going to bring that up, how, like, I don't really have the numbers up right now, but just in my head, I feel like conceding possession weirdly helps the United team. They're, it's, it's maybe just easier in general to just play on the counter, you know, easier for players to, like, understand those concepts than the, you know, like you said, like the high-level Man City football. And so... You know, what do you, what would you expect against maybe the quote unquote easier, more winnable fixtures, aka teams playing more conservatively and a lower block where men, you know, dominate possession? Like, how does that, who do you expect to, you know, push forward more than they have been? Or how do you expect men, you know, to get the ball in the box? Who's going to get the shots? Like, who's going to get the chances? Like, how does that work? Sure. So there's a couple of key themes. Number one is Anthony Martial needs to be fit. And given that he's the striker, um, until and if and when another striker is purchased in January, Martial is going to be starting up front. And Martial is key because he's the only player in that front line who can um, play the half of the game where he's not facing the goal. Um, Mm. Players like Anthony, Rashford, Alanga, Garnacho, they all struggle with that a little bit more that Martial does, and that allows United to safely maintain and progress the ball in the final third. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is United's best attacker, but he's not a particularly efficient carrier of the ball, Um, and having Martial in the middle also helps with that. One big problem we saw when Bruno was playing with Ronaldo is that neither of them can carry the ball at this stage (laughs) in in Ronaldo's career, so when the ball goes into those central areas, it often gets lost, uh, because Bruno's Obviously a great creator, but not secure. And um, and Ronaldo has obviously aged a little bit and, and isn't quite as good as he used to be. So, I mean, right. that's an understatement. But anyway, yeah, I mean. <laughs> point, point being, um, Martial really helps the attack. And I think Martial will help to some extent in breaking down those teams. But also, there's a chance that Martial tends to struggle against those types of opposition because as much as his technical game is fantastic... Um, his actual getting into goal scoring positions can be less than great. Um, mm. So I'd expect Martial to be super important, but I'm not sure if that'll show up in the goals and assists. Yeah, um, almost more in like a build up way than an actual goal scoring way because he is exactly. interesting in fantasy. I mean, he's cheap, he's fit until he's not, 
And, you know, everyone's kind of looking at the fixtures being like, all right, like it's, it's Tony time, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. let's go, you know, but yeah. I, I, that's interesting to hear. I, I hadn't really realized that, but I guess even in the, even in the cup match today, you saw a bit of that. Like For sure, for I, sure. Yeah, yeah he totally yeah. changes the team. Um, yeah. In terms of output, though, I think I'd be, from an FPL perspective, looking at Rashford, he's the same price yeah. as Martial from what I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, and I expect him to probably score an assist more than Martial. Uh, Bruno is going to be most likely the highest goals plus assists of any United player. He's the penalty taker now. Yeah, um, huge. He is, yeah, he's the chief creator. Um, I think if you looked at expected numbers or underlyings, he's probably the highest. If you looked at past year goal involvements, he's probably the highest. Um, but he's obviously really expensive and I don't think he's necessarily as good as other for uh, other midfielders in that price bracket FPL. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Anthony's overpriced. I, I mean, I think he's a good player, but he's overpriced. Yeah, I was going to ask about Anthony. I mean, in a weird way, like some guys, translate directly to FPL, like a, like a Bruno, for example, right? He's just really good at all the stuff that you want someone to be good for in FPL, and he has the numbers to get it, and he scores lots of points. Like, it's very simple, right? Anthony is a guy where, like, I feel like watching him can be a little bit more frustrating, but for FPL, it actually translates positively because, you know, he loves a shot. Like he'll just, he shoots for fun, right? He just pulls up from 20 yards out and just, and tries to curl one. There's no negative points in, in fantasy for missing shots or making bad decisions. If he just That's rips true. them all the time and you just get the points. So yeah. like, what do you expect? And, and also it's weird because I feel like in my head, I'm like, yeah, Anthony's been there the whole season. He's played six games in a league. So I'm like, that's crazy. Like, I, I don't even know who he is yet. You know, like, I don't yeah. even know what he's going to do against these in the bad teams and the good fixtures. Like, maybe he breaks them down, right? So what do you think about him going forward? Well, for what it's worth, six games, 28 points is pretty good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm about to say things that maybe would perhaps <laughs> dissuade people from purchasing Anthony as an asset. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, his return's been pretty good from an FPL perspective. Um yeah, he's he is a very good shooter, um, especially in that zone of like the right half just outside the box. He's probably yeah. one of the best in the world from that range. Um, it's like the NBA elbow or something. <laughs> yeah, <Maybe>. exactly. <laughs> it's weird because I normally really don't like players shooting from that range. It usually doesn't result in goals, but it's Anthony bad. has pretty good success. Yeah, um, like it, it's bad in terms of XG. Like it's just factually bad but yeah he he's always been above his xg and like scores well from there so yeah yeah and if you look at the shot maps i mean most of his over over performance is from that region right um, right the the sort of others with anthony is again in the big games he does kind of tend to get behind to get these chances behind and i think his moving off the ball is a little bit underrated as a whole um but largely i feel like anthony's game uh is quite far away from the goal he plays okay. really wide um, and he really looks to stretch the pitch and occupy fullbacks 1v1. And that's what most of his value comes from, which means okay. that he often doesn't get the final goal or assist. But that doesn't diminish his value. It just means that I I don't necessarily think he's going to continue to score at the rate he is now. Um, right. I think he scored in each of his first four games, or he scored four in his Something first four like games. Yeah. And that's not likely to continue, I would say. I don't expect him to finish the season with 15 Premier League goals. Um, right. So my my caution with Anthony would be 
Ultimately, I think Rashford is cheaper and I expect Rashford to score more. Rashford's form means that he's going to start every game um, at this point. And Sancho is uh, out of shape, I'm pretty sure. So I don't think he's going to be playing. There's not really any competition. Yeah, Ra- um, Rashford is clearly like the pick of the litter. And I think, you know, yeah. the FPL from, ownership from will, ref- will reflect that. Yeah, like for sure. And, you know, with the price, like you said, and everything. So it's for a lot of this podcast it's almost i mean for me at least and i think a lot of the listeners it's almost like who else you know like you know we're gonna have rashford we have unlimited transfers right now because of the post world cup so it's sort of like are we gonna double up with bruno or anthony or maybe dallo or something we'll get to the defense later but i did want to double back on bruno a little bit because it does sort of seem like a role change you know from the the bits and pieces that i've watched i'm curious what you think you know, like his XG's down, his touches in the final thirds down, you know, shots are down, stuff like that. But he's still doing like a lot of ball progression, elite creativity. You know, it seems like he's sort of like winning more tackles. Is it is it a transition from like more of a 10 to an 8 and he's required to do more work? Or how, how do you see that? Maybe. Honestly, I don't really expect it to persist. I expect Bruno to okay. start getting involved in a lot of goals. Um, firstly, like I said, he's taking penalties. Secondly, um, yeah, a lot of United's earlier matches were kind of struggling to get goals. A lot of those games against the big six teams were kind of like scoring once and then not really doing that much else. Um, I expect Bruno to be the conductor in the final third. I expect him to be getting in the box a lot more than he has been. Um, I don't really think him dropping deep to facilitate ball progression is either his best game or how he can provide the most value to this current team. Um, so I think it's just one of those quirks that happens when a team hits a certain stretch of form, um, or a certain combination of players where he kind of just dropped a little, uh, dropped off a little bit in output. Um, yeah, I, I would be surprised if Bruno finished the season on, he's probably on something like something between a quarter and a, third of an expected goal involvement per 90 i'd yeah. probably expect him to finish closer to half than a third um, which is yeah. what he's been in the last few seasons so in other words i'd, I'd be expecting returns every two weeks plus penalties um yeah no i mean that, that that makes a lot of sense like picturing in my head like the goals they scored against like liverpool and arsenal and stuff it's like you know one out ball to rashford running onto it or anthony running onto it right it, it's not like sustain pressure and possession dominant and I feel like that's where maybe Bruno will shine in these games so yeah I like that as an asset He he's definitely like on my mind from an FBL his, perspective his price has dropped just a little bit such that I think he's yeah. now a little bit cheaper than the guys like I don't know Son, De Bruyne yeah he's um, a lot cheaper than them yeah yeah so it might be worth a shot if he if he sort of hits that run um, I do think he will be taking penalties now permanently, which is like, I mean, it's historically huge but, for Man United, but not this year so far. It's but, huge for FPL. Yeah, um, I did look back at, cause I was just sort of like curious, like Martial drew four penalties in 1500 minutes in 2020. I was like, that's good. You know, he's fit. Maybe he's yeah. going to be drawing penalties. I feel like Rashford, Anthony are the type of guys that would draw penalties, you know, like, Moving yeah. at pace with the ball into the box, you know, so maybe there'll be an uptick. The penalty stats were a little bit lucky. Like, if I remember, oh, okay. I think Dan James and Brandon Williams and yeah, a couple, there were a couple others that won a lot of penalties too. Um, but 
I mean, I know I've said it three times, but I feel like in FPL, it's, it's one of those things that like is. Jorginho was Chelsea's top scorer. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, it is. It's huge. You know, so, there's a reason we have like Mo and Holland and you know Kane. Like they're the yeah, best and that's players and that's one thing he definitely has over guys like Son and De Bruyne is that he yeah. is gonna like those guys won't take them. Those you're depending fully on their production and open play. Um, yeah, and they do have dry patches. Like even the best players, right? Sometimes yep. the shots don't go in. Some and that's what it is. But yeah, so. There are definitely reasons why I might have Bruno on a short list. Right yeah. now, I'm not sure if I'd go straight in for him. But Yeah. Um, and then last last sort of question about the attack, I think, is just Garnacho. I mean, everyone's getting really excited about him. He looks good. He, he's probably not a pick in fantasy, but I, I, I'm more wondering, like, is he going to eat into other guys' minutes? Like, is he going to take minutes from... Rashford, or is Rashford going to play the nine when Martial needs a rest and Garnacho plays left wing, or is he going to play left wing and move Rashford to right wing where he's maybe less effective? You know, like, how do, what do you see about Garnacho's rest of the season? Yeah, so I already said Sancho's gone, and yeah. I, he seems to have surpassed Elanga in the pecking order, which makes him the first sub right now. Yeah. Um, I do think the front three that starts is kind of a staple. Okay. Um, but I'm looking at Garnacho's price right now and it's, it's 4.3. So <laughs> at that price, I mean, if you only have two United players, you might as well take a gamble. Um, <laughs> it's not bad, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know if there are many midfielders who are cheaper in the game. If there's so, one, like one Martial injury and it might just be Garnacho left wing and Rashford yeah. at the nine, right? And then it's like Absolutely. unbelievable pick. So yeah. 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 And he, like in fairness, as far as forcing your way into the team goes, he was doing a good job. He had a couple goal involvements before the World Cup. He's obviously scored that last-minute winner before the yeah. World Cup started. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think... Um, he, he He's a bit of a strange player because a lot of, I think, his youth-level involvement was his ability to run with the ball. He's very quick. He's very good with his feet. But he didn't really have a clear like release and product method. He just scored a lot because he was so good at the running part. Yeah. Um, whereas now I think a little bit more of his involvement in this team, and even today in the EFL Cup game, was getting on the end of passes and uh, and getting in behind a little bit. And I think if he can do that, he could probably be a pretty reliable, uh, like, right now, squad player level goal involvement guy. Yeah. Um, something like James, which... I mean, Dan James is, he's better than Dan James, but Dan James' goal involvement, if you look at his time at United, was actually pretty good. He scored something in the region of uh, about eight or nine goals and then another five or six assists over two seasons, which, yeah, considering I mean, the minutes I, he played, is decent. I um, don't rate the player, but being absurdly quick and fast is useful, <laughs> right? Yeah, and having yeah, an engine and that never stops. <laughs> I think comparing them as players would be a disservice to Garnacho. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think... Um, in terms of James's output, he was actually getting yeah. pretty solid goal output. So yeah. I would expect similar from Garnacho if he's playing that kind of role instead of the role where he's dropping deep to get on the ball and run at teams. Yeah. So what? How do Man United improve an attack? I mean, you said that maybe you know these lower block teams have not traditionally been you know their way home. You know, this season they've scored a lot on the break against the big teams. So what? What are the tactical advances? Like, what do you expect from a Ten Hag coach team to improve on to ultimately improve from, you know, their eighth in non-penalty XG per 90 right now? Like, how do they get 
more towards the top of the table there? Yeah, well, number one is fitness. Like you said, yeah. uh, Anthony hasn't played much. Martial hasn't played much. Um, those are probably two of United's three best attackers. Like, yeah. if you're not counting Bruno, um, those are two of the three best members of the front three. Um, yeah, so that's number one, right? If those yeah. guys stay fit, they're going to produce more. Um, number two is out of possession stuff. So Ten Hag has been absolutely drilling the press. He's talked about it in interviews. Um, United's players are essentially trying to execute a way more complex out of possession approach than they have before, um, which is one going to force more errors from the opposition, uh, but yeah. two going to take some time for players to get used to. So I expect that to continue sort of one of those things that just like implicitly keeps getting better over time. Yeah. It's like a steady improvement or is it sort of something clicks a little bit of both, right? Because okay. it's like one mistake can undo an entire press. Yeah. Uh, so, totally. If, you know, for example, one thing we've seen a lot is United, and this is under Rangnick, a huge issue. The United will execute a pressing move to get the ball to go back to the opposition goalkeeper. The keeper has the ball, and then someone like Bruno or Rashford presses the goalkeeper, and that opens up the entire pitch behind them for the ball to go through. Right, um, so that's right, not right. an issue of the entire system. That's an issue of one player making, making a mistake. Right, right. Um, so it is, to some extent, sometimes something clicks, like that Spurs game when United hit, I think it was like 30 shots on Lloris. Um, oh my God, yeah. That was totally like the press clicking, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, it is also kind of a gradual thing where, you know, those one-off instances might lead to a goal, but they might not. Um, and over time, right, the difference between, you know, two or three, and then if you improve, you might have five successful presses, and then you might have 10. So right. that improvement is gradual. Um, the other... There's obviously the most obvious answer, which is methods and possession to create. Uh, you saw today the goal from a cutback. That's something I'd really like to see more often. Um, that's, yeah, that, that stuff we have from United a lot. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that was um, insane. I won't expect to see it a lot from Wabasaka, no. but I expect to see it more often in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then number four is hitting the market, right? Um, Garnacho yeah. and Elanga as fourth and fifth choice options is not really... Uh, an option for a team like United uh, at this stage of competitiveness, right? They're both good yeah. players. Um, they're they're good prospects, but relying on them to contribute is both a disservice to them and the team because they're yeah. they don't have the experience to be considered regular contributors. Um, Especially with so, Martial's injury record, it just seems with like, Martial's injury you know, record um, and, and Anthony enjoy until the end of the. Right? I don't I mean, think it, with Anthony, it's less injuries and more the fact that he joined uh, on essentially okay. deadline week. Yeah, I'm just um, looking back at like the last two seasons with Ajax. Like he he only played 1,700 league minutes both years, and you know I don't that's true. I don't really follow Ajax. I'm not sure if that's injury or whatever. Yeah, but I, you know maybe maybe there's something there. I can't speak to that, but I don't think injuries ate up the majority of his okay. minute okay. missing at United so far. Um, okay. and then. Yeah, and Ronaldo obviously left. So, yeah, you know, a, there's a big minutes a hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a big minutes hole in the team, though. Like, ultimately, he ate up a lot of minutes. Um, he, I think he played close to a 1,000 minutes this season. Um, mm. And last season, he played every game. So that's a yeah. big hole to replace in terms of, you know, where are my minutes coming from? Um, he left, Cavani left, Pogba left. Like, James yeah. had gone before that. So, yeah. 
this has gone from being a really bloated attack, Lingard, a really bloated attack with a lot of players who can play minutes to, you know, three senior starters, really. And right. hopefully we'll see Sancho again at some point of the season. So I think United will buy a striker in January. I'm expecting okay. someone like a low price. Uh, like I, w- I, I think the shrewd move would be something like Memphis Depay. Or oh, uh, Marcus Turam, yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> Depire Turam, someone who's going to cost like ten million ultimately, right? But right, high wages but low fee and just like fills the slot, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So that's what I would, I would expect them to be looking for. I don't think they can really afford or uh, order coax another team into a big move. Um, so yeah, that's I know. that's Everyone what keeps I would talk about. Osiman and I'm like, why would Napoli sell him right now? <laughs> they're balling yeah, out. It's, you it's know? just the wrong time, right? <laughs> it's just so, the wrong time. Yeah, they're in the Champions League knockout stages as well. Yeah, uh, like, and they look like a lot of people have been saying they're one of the favorites. So um, yeah, I mean, they're. I wouldn't. They're at I least, wouldn't be. You know, in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I would be surprised if they were to sell Osiman, and I'd be surprised if United were to shell out a hundred billion in January. Yeah, um, but just someone who is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, add something different and and can eat up minutes will make a huge difference. I think a player Absolutely. like Turam, the Turam or Memphis would totally change the sort of overall skill set of this attack. Um, Turam's really good uh-huh. off the ball, really really good at facilitating high quality shots. That's something that none of United's forwards currently do against a settled defense. Right. Um, right. Memphis is a lot like Martial, but I think he's just probably a level higher. So he's a, he's Your really good at hold up. Would- pop off if you guys got memphis huh <laughs> for sure yeah uh, i have a very happy co-host yeah so. exactly <laughs> um but yeah so i think either of those would be great um i wouldn't be surprised to see them go for something like cody Gakpo. i don't really think that's the right stylistic fit but i think he's a good player mm. um but yeah i i think those are the biggest like make additions cool. keep the players yeah. fit yeah. uh get better at executing the plan and that's a really yeah. vague answer. Obviously, no, that's easy for anything. It's real. But... No, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that's just the truth. Um, and then defensively. So Dallow is a super, super popular pick. He's just been getting assists. He gets a lot of bonus points. Man United have been pretty decent for clean sheets, which is like really the bread and butter of defender points in FPL. Um, I mean, this one, it's less straightforward but you know around eighth in non-penalty xg against per 90 again it's been a tough schedule so maybe that will you know lead to more cleans down the road but also veron and lissandro maybe on a break world cup break yeah. or something like that i think that's, that's a bit final. of a i think that's that's a bit of a uh a misrepresentation to be honest because what really happened is united got battered in about three games yeah uh yeah. brentford first, Brighton, first two and Man right? city Oh, and right. City, right, right, So right. those three games, they conceded, like, probably over 25% of that XG. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it, fair. So, so I, like, broadly think United's XG has actually been quite good. Um, I think, or I, I mean, defensively. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's it's one of those where in you, you would see that in most games united have conceded zero or one goal i think outside those three there hasn't been a single game that was uh in the premier league that was conceded more than one goal um and i think there just, have been a just fair the few recent villa one but that was kind of a, yeah those were kind of crazy like worldies anyway yeah exactly yeah so 
I think the defenders are, are good assets. I expect the first choice backline to be Dalo, Martinez, Varan, Shaw. Um, one fit. Shaw is probably the most likely to get goal involvements, but the yeah. least likely to be fit. So, <laughs> um, and, and obviously also the most likely to be rotated. Like I think yeah, Malasia is yeah. the closest to, and I've, I've just seen Malasia is also really cheap. So if Shaw does get injured, that's a really good pick, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think Dalo is probably the best pick. Dalo, the other thing that's exciting is like he's been consistently getting better, I think. Um, mm. His adaptation to the system. The fullbacks have a pretty complex role in this system. And I think Dalo is really well suited to it. He's really good yeah. at coming into midfield. And he's getting better. The part he's getting better at is the uh, final third actions. Like, I think the one thing about Dalo's game that a lot of people haven't realized is that he's not really a decisive player in the final third. He's technically very good. Like, he's a good passer. He's a good carrier. Um, but his final ball striking is often like just in the wrong zone, over hit, yeah. under hit. And I think that's the type of thing that you can fix if you have good technique. And I think as you get more used to a system, more used to repeating actions where like, you know, Anthony pulls wide, Dollar runs behind, the ball goes behind, Dollar right. hits it first time. Those actions are things that you Patterns. see in United a lot. That, yeah, that I think Dalo will become more effective in the final third as a result of. So I would expect, like, there's a lot of variance in these things because fullbacks don't actually get involved in goals that much. But I would expect him to create more chances than he did. Well, it does in seem the first like half of the season. Also, in these match, in these like I keep, I keep saying easier matches, but you know what I mean. It's like there's more opportunities for more players to get forward, right? There's more opportunities for overloads and stuff like that. It's better for the fullbacks. Like they should be less defensive. They should be overlapping more with dominating dominating possession and getting balls into the box and whatnot. So yeah, I think I think Sean Dello offer value there. But I am worried and maybe maybe you're gonna say I shouldn't be worried about like, you know, let's just say because it's basically everyone has three matches in a week. It's like a pile up as soon as we get back. And no Veron and no Lissandro potentially in those matches. So it's probably like Maguire and Lindelof. I'm I'm less confident in the immediacy of the clean sheets and then after those it's man city and arsenal so then you know just from like sort of a more short-term perspective that doesn't seem good to me for clean sheets um mixed feelings uh okay. i do think i honestly don't know to what extent lindelof and Maguire will hurt in these games okay they were largely like, if you look at the records under Solskjaer for the two full seasons, Lindelof and Maguire actually kept a lot of clean sheets. Um, yeah. They, like, I think they generally did quite well. Um, Lindelof has very clear weaknesses in his game. Maguire has not been at his best for a long time. But I think when you look at the opposition United are going to play, Nottingham Forest, um, Wolves, who have had, I think, the worst goal-scoring record in the Premier League. <laughs> they have, like, four goals. It's, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they just replaced managers, so it's hard to project yeah. where they'll be, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Um, I, I really think you... I, I don't think it would be foolish to bet on a clean sheet. Okay. Um, I, I, in Premier League, you never know, but... Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and, and clean sheets I, are I, I kind do of think random. with Lindelof and Maguire... Yeah, exactly. I do think with Lindelof and Maguire, you'd have a good shot. 
Um, I would not go with De Gea is what I would say. He's quite pricey, and I don't back him to face a lot of shots. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, okay. Lindelof and Maguire would obviously be less likely to keep clean sheets than Lissandro and Varane. But yeah. I don't think it's... I don't think it's a doomsday scenario, put it okay. that way. It, it's yeah. not like last year there were times when, you know, Phil Jones and you were seeing, like, yeah. the dominant center back. And, I mean, and to their credit, like, they all stepped in reasonably well, uh, considering the circumstances. But with Lindelof and Maguire, they're both seasoned professionals who, like, have played a yeah. hundred professional games together. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, good to hear. Um, all right. I mean, fantasy perspective, that's pretty much all the players that I think I and others are looking at. I mean, is there anything else that you you thought you think is worth bringing up maybe from the Man, Man United perspective or should we wrap this up? Um, I take a quick look here. Yeah. At some of the other assets. Yeah, there's just not many, right? DMs and stuff like that don't really get points in fantasy. and Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, how much is Casemiro? He's 4.9, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. bother. Um, I mean, there's Ericsson, I guess. You know, I mean, he's kind of a weird one, right? Because he's like a tweener a little bit. Actually... But, like, he's going to be on corners. He'll probably take a decent amount of free kicks. Maybe I he'll mean, push forward in these games. Yeah, he scored today, but I'd spend the extra on Rashford, I think. Yeah, I I guess the only other thing would be that I actually think Verena Martinez will be, will be back for some of these games. Oh, okay. Um, So, for the... I'm pretty sure they'll be back for the Bournemouth game. I would have oh, to okay. think, which is in yeah. two weeks. Um, yeah, I guess I it's like manager to manager. How how much time they they let them take off or something like that? I don't really I think, know. I think they've all had working. one week at United. Okay. So I think it's been because Ericsson played today. He got eliminated in the group stage. Casemiro right. started. He got eliminated in the quarterfinal. Right. Um, and there are a couple others. Martial. Well, the England Anthony, players too. Yeah. Yeah. So the England players, the Brazil players, all played. Um, except for Maguire. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Ericsson played like United's entire starting 11, except for Martial was at the World Cup. Yeah. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lissandra and Varane back sooner than you think. Um, I'm not sure if Lissandra went to, I think Lissandra went to Argentina. So maybe not him. Yeah. He's, but, he's partying in the streets. His yeah. underwear is on his head. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't think they'll be back for Boxing Day, but after that, it's a toss-up, which right. which could be a bad thing as well, right? I mean, that's probably a red flag for going for Lindelof or Maguire. Um, yeah, because no, I don't, I don't, don't think they're picks. It's more like yeah. it's more like if you go for the fullbacks, can you expect the cleans, right? Yeah. So it's like I'm, well, and I'm looking also at Shaw. Got a yeah, I'm looking at Shaw. Maybe you know, maybe a little bit of a differential with with Delo's fitness. So you know, yeah. My only about. concern there would be that they didn't play today. Really, yeah. I mean, Malasia, yeah. Shaw, Dalo all got eliminated in the quarterfinal, yeah. um, and only Malasia played today. So right. that maybe would be my only away. concern. But yeah, all right, it seems man. like it's just Rashford. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Rashford for sure for my team. But then, like, I'm very Bruno curious, Anthony I'm curious, glad... <laughs> Martial curious. So we'll yeah, see. I'm glad I could provide some great insight over this hour. Just a, a 45 minute podcast, and I mean, you could have just run the you could have just run the record button. And I just said Rashford, and then Rashford, you're like, okay, we're it. good. Subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe like it depends. 
it's like if you're a fan or not is how you interpret everything that you're saying, right? It's like people who listen who are Man United supporters are probably like, oh, I'm getting all these guys that they're talking about. And people who hate Man United are like, I'm not having any of this. This sounds terrible. Yeah. So. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't have Rashford in my team, but oh, it's I... time to step it up, Aaron. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming on the pod, doing this. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, listen to you and all that stuff? Sure. I do about a million different things, both on and off the internet. <laughs> um, well, on the internet related to football for the most part. I think the center of all the stuff I do is Amonese football on Twitter. That's A-M-O-N-I-Z football. Um, from there, you'll find my podcast. I do a Man United podcast every week. We'll probably start up again next week. Uh, Devils in the details. I think it's one of the best things I've ever contributed to the football space, if not the best. Um, I We really put a lot of work into making it really good. So, and, and we wanted to make a United podcast that was sort of different to what a lot of the other ones do. Um, so I'm really passionate about that. And yeah, if you could give that a listen and you can find me on Twitter for anything else. Awesome, man. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you.